This morning's message, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Taken from the 23rd Psalm, it says, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We know one thing about a shadow and what the Word of God is trying to get to us. A shadow can't do you no harm or whatever. A shadow, shadow is a silhouette of that which is real, that which is to come. The Old Testament being a shatter of that which is to come of the New Testament era, of the spiritual age. And there should be no fear in us. God hadn't given his people a spirit of fear. But within those shatters, those shatters sometimes um, cast a, a, a cloud over us sometime and confuses us or confounds us or whatever but if you read that 23rd psalm it's the equipment from the Lord it says his rod and his staff that comfort me he prepared a table in the midst of my enemy and, and I, I don't mean to break down that psalm uh, uh, this morning or go through it or whatever but as an introduction in our, to our 41st chapter Isaiah there you remember I told you it was a switch over he was, Isaiah was prophesying telling them of what, what, what was to come the people were going into the Babylonian captivity and it was going to be seem like times of uncertainty or whatever but God had told them to go into captivity it was because of their Sabbath breaking, their disobedience to his laws or whatever and sometimes God places us in different places or whatever. And he had placed us in the world. Jesus says, I leave them in the world, but keep them from the evil that's in the world. So we're in the world just like he had told his people to go into Babylon. But we have to keep ourselves from the evil that's in Babylon, from the evil that's in the world. And just like at that time he sent the prophet with words of comfort to his people. Those that would hear the prophet would hear the words of comfort, the words of promising a better day, a better times. We know that there will be better days and there will be better times, but these are fearful, a perilous time. These are times in which the physical man, those that are not born again, it can impinge upon our spiritual lives if, if we allow it, if we allow it to. And so that's where we have the Word of God for comfort. The Word of God comforts us, it strengthens us, but it also instructs us. And one of the reasons it tells us forsake not to assembling together of yourself, sometimes that Word comes in the midst of God's people when they're gathered together. The Spirit has something about that unity, uh, about assembly of God's people. Now, the problem with that today is that there are assemblies of people, and not all assemblies are peaceful assemblies. Not all assemblies are assemblies of people that's truly after God. We talked about such as one that, as the one that was in Ephesus last week, the 19th chapter of Ephesus where the assembly was a rowdy assembly. Assembly is one that's called out. It's the ecclesia. 
and that's what the church is. It's ecclesia, but though all of them inside the church are not following the church or is not the proper place to be, we see where God rose up the fight against the church, uh, the things that are going on in the church because just like the parable of the dragnet where all of the fish were in the net and he said draw it all to the shore they had to go through that net and pull out the good fish separate the good from the bad where it's a time of separating the good from the bad and we see that in the day of the Lord that it's a time of separation of the good from the bad the word of God comes to strengthen the good. It strengthens the inner man. It strengthens the children of God during their time. Uh, it says here, as we read that, starting at the 8th verse of the that chapter of Isaiah, it says about Jacob, and I, I wanted to read that in the, I have it in the back of your notes on the further reading, on the uh, in the Amplified, it says, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I am chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I, the Lord, have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, You are my servant, I have chosen you, and I have not rejected you, even though you are in exile. They, they were in exile in Babylon and today. A lot of us are in the world or whatever, but God hadn't cast us off. God is with us. He says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am the, the, thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against you these shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I say, the Lord thy God will hold thine right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. It says, Fear not, thy worm, Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will, I will help thee, saith the Lord and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee as a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh this mountain, and beat them small, and shall make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. And thou shalt rejoice in the Lord, and shalt glory in the Lord. So we see their promise from God as to what he's going to do to the enemy and those that rise up against him and those that rise up against his people. Now there's something that we're doing, just like Mr. Brown had told me that when they were, uh, was it Brother Isaac had told me when they were marching around the walls of Jericho that there was a lot of things going on or whatever but God just told them to be quiet and march but we don't know if those people were praying or what was going on the Bible just gives us a topical uh, perspective from it that they marched around but I know that as we go about in the earth as we go about 
I'm not just leaving my problem. They say those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm not just sitting there watching TV or doing something, not being idle, not doing something while waiting on the Lord to strengthen me or to solve my problems. The first point is consternation. Consternation. And I've defined that word. I didn't want, you know, that's a children's definition because you see some children in the depths of consternation, but it's much more paralyzing when it's with adults. It's amazement. The word consternation means amazement or dismay that hinders or throws into confusion. Some things hinder you or throw you into confusion. It causes you to be discombobulated. Well, we shouldn't allow things to throw us into confusion or be discombobulated in this, in this day and time there's so many so called phobias as fear of flying fear of crowds fear of heights fear of not having enough money fear of not having enough to eat fear of the weather there are people afraid to go to store people live in a house with bars and things on them afraid someone's going to break in and do them something or whatever all of these phobias come from the world pressing inside. That's not of our God, though. Those, those phobias does, don't come from God. You're walking through the shadow of death. You're walking through that valley of the shadow of death. Why would you fear evil if he says he's with you? And if God has this, you say, God got this. If God has it, why are you worried? He says, see that you be not troubled. Let not you have anxieties about what you're going to eat and where tomorrow or the next day or what's going on or whatever. If he take care of the sparrows, how much more will he not take care of you? Those problems that you worry about that's way into next week, way into next year, we, 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 we get confused, you know, what if this happens, what if that happens, and we put all kinds of scenarios forth before us, those spirits doesn't come from God now. I tell you, there's a many of spirits in the world that's manifesting themselves, and God tells us in his word, he says, fear not thou, Jacob, thou worm. A worm, you know, in some instances they said thou maggot, you know, a worm is a helpless thing. You ever seen a worm and an earthworm if you water the ground or something? A earthworm on top of the ground or whatever, he's just wiggling around. He's very vulnerable. You can just chop him in pieces or whatever. Take him and stick him on a hook or whatever. That's how we are. We are very vulnerable. We need help. We, we are helpless. We're at the mercy of everything around us, but God being our redeemer, God who had scattered us tells us not to be worried about these things. That he'll strengthen us and he'll help us. So we have the promises of God. So he's talking to the redeemed people. I'm trying to find here where it says, listen at this, it says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. If we are of Abraham, isn't he the father of the faithful? If we should have faith, and that's what he's looking for when he comes back. Those that have faith, will he find faith? Do you trust God? Do you trust Jesus 
to do what he say he could do. Now, if you trust him, that removes some of the consternation away. First Timothy, when Paul says, God hadn't given us the spirit of fear, but that of power and of a sound mind. We get a sound mind from reading the Word of God, not from sitting there listening at the news or whatever. You're not running across people or whatever. The other couple of weeks ago, they was talking, telling me about, well, you heard about the Sahara dust and the monkey pops and all that? Yeah, 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 I have. But I got more other problems here than you trying to add some Sahara dust to us that comes over each year or whatever. It's always doing that or whatever, but it's always something for you to be afraid of or whatever. A couple of weeks ago, there was one economist on the news that was saying it, it'd probably be 2023 before the gasoline prices come down or whatever. I think the other day, one place it was advertised for $3 and something a gallon, so it's coming down or whatever much faster than he said it, different <laughs> than what he said, you know. But there's always some strand of news or something that cause confusion, and it's a lot of times our people. Our relatives, backstabbing, backbiting, gossiping, always with something to say. You know, even with those, are you praying for them? Sometimes you pray that God remove these things. Sometimes you pray that God do what you have to do. But that's why I say, what are you doing? Are you standing up to these things or these obstacles? Sometimes you should be ignoring them, you know, and sometimes you don't pay attention to people because. The Bible tells us lie not to one another, but some people lie to you about stuff they don't even have to lie about. <laughs> about simple things, you know. And you're only trying to help them or whatever, but it's just, they call it little lies or whatever, but a lie is a lie. I don't care how small it is. A lie is a lie. A misrepresentation is a misrepresentation. So we're not being strengthened because we hadn't turned to God we hadn't pulled off the old man, so we're causing our own confusion, our own deception. We're causing these things by our actions. We hadn't turned to God. We hadn't repented. See, that's what the baptism of John was about, to turn away from self. All that old, always saying something behind somebody else's back, dragging somebody down, all of these things cause you to be consternated or dismayed because all of those are works of the flesh. They're works of the devil, and that's rooted in you. That's why the sicknesses and the diseases that was up on the people of Egypt, you're bringing those up on yourselves. We're, these are the ties that bind us, and Jesus Christ had came to set us at liberty. If he had loosed us and set us at liberty, we should be telling others the good news of the gospel. We should be telling others the word of God. Do you know that that releases you from bondage? That sets you free to go around spreading the good news, the, the joy. It, it strengthens your feet. It adds marrow to your bone. It adds inner strength. Those testimonies, those words of God do. Jesus preached very strongly about these things. Now, Job 
was a man that was greatly blessed of God. He had a whole lot of things from God. But notice that Job was in ways like all of the rest of us. When times came, the third chapter of Job, the 25th to the 26th verse says, Know ye not that to whom, I mean, he says, that which I have feared, where am I at here? He says, that which I have feared, I thought I had copied that. Hold on just a second here. He says, I, I got it combined in your notes. You, you could see it on the Romans 6 and 16, but it should be Job 3, 25 through 26. But it says, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of, it has come upon to me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. In other words, as Deacon was saying this morning about trouble or things coming or whatever problems, well, those things will happen, you know. Those are the natural things in the course of things, you know. You will get up, you may have a flat tire, the car may not want to crank up. All of those things uh, comes with living in a fallen world or whatever, so... Those are things that we have to naturally deal with. And that's what Job was saying. He would neither at rest or nothing but trouble yet come. Man born of a, of a woman, you're going to have those problems. They, those are natural. So we're going to have to learn to deal with those things and not let that be the setback. We're going to have to have optimism in the face of times of calamity. He says, all of these things shall come, but see that you be not moved. Don't let them get you down. Don't let them bother you, you know. And that's the difference from a child of God than a person of the world. Instead of murmuring and complaining and whining and crying, you, you have that we can do it, that ambition in the face of setbacks. You don't fear what's coming into your life or whatever because... God is with you going into that new day. That's why you pray that God, you be with me. And if he's with you, there's going to be things that come up on you. But don't get in the midst of it speaking evil of somebody else, making accusations. All of those are you falling back to the works of the old man of once when you walked in darkness. Those are the things of darkness. Let's walk in the things of light. Let's see what we can achieve through this. As Job says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Yet don't grow weary of well-doing. The fires and the waters that are being poured on you, see that you're quenching fires with them, not lighting fires or doing things to set you back because that which you sow you shall reap. When you're telling me about the lady that keeps you blocked to keep you blocked in and or she knows what she's doing or whatever. Okay, you pray and tell God about those things and I left, I say, well maybe somebody has a blocked in or whatever. Well you were blocked in by two different people because one person has their car on the sidewalk blocking the sidewalk. So he's not only blocking you, he's breaking the law by blocking the sidewalk. But what happens? We looking for a kingdom, we pray Thy kingdom come. Have you prayed thy kingdom come this morning? Thy will be done. Because when things happen to those that's breaking God's law. See, one day it won't be those people that are doing things, breaking God's law, doing things like that in the kingdom. You won't have to worry about that person. He says, 
Fret not thyself because of evil doers, for they shall soon be cut off. So those that are casting stumbling blocks before you, those that are hindering your progress, you pray to God to move anything that's not like you, that's against me. Now, if it's operating in ignorance, that's a whole different thing. But the willful knowledge of doing what is wrong, in other words, you should be in church. And that's what I tell my relatives in that. I don't, that's why, you know, you don't get tied up with these people that are not going to church or whatever, because it's always some excuse why they're doing what they're doing. It's something else. But if they were in the word of God, they would see themselves as at fault and say, I can do better. I should be doing better. I'm a worm. I'm, I'm insignificant like this. I need to do things where I could be significant to be a part of what God's framing. Because, listen, look at that verse now. It says, be not dismayed. For I am that God, I will strengthen you. So for you to do the right thing inside means you may go back and pray about what that person is doing to you. About those people that you're trying to help that are backbiting you or throwing roadblocks up in your way. Though It said those that contend with you, it says, Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed. All of those that rose up and spoke against you when you were trying to speak the right thing, you keep speaking the right thing. You keep giving what God had given you. You're trying to help them, and they fighting the hand that's feeding them. they fighting somebody that's trying to be a sign for God. God says he's going to move those away. They're going to be humiliated. In humiliation, that's why... It's a lot of humiliation. Sooner or later, all those bills come due. Payday is coming after a while. You go reap what you're sowing. All that talking behind my back. Okay, sooner or later, God heard you. I didn't have to hear you, but God heard you. You will give account for every idle word you say. So those same people you got with and gossiped about and gossiped with, the same Deeds that you've done, you're going to have to give account for the deeds done in your body. It says walk circumspectively. Yes. You need to watch what you're doing. You need to be careful of the things you're doing. God didn't put you here to live ignorantly. And some people are just stupid. In other words, they'll never learn. And God had said you, you need to wake up at times of your ignorance. God Wait, but now is the time for you to learn something. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And that's why he put the church there to teach and instruct you in the ways to do right. You willingly ignorant. That's, ignorance of the Lord is no excuse. You should be going to church. You, well, I know Jesus died for me. Why are you not going to church? Why are you not learning of him? Why are you not walking in the way? Because there's a fight going on and you're not on the right side. You think you're on the right side. And all those people that say they got your back and that you with, watch it when God calls your hand on this because he didn't send his son to walk the dusty trails of men to come down here and die for you and for you to live any kind of way and think, oh, it's just easy, we can do this. No, you will have to make sacrifices also. You will have to be disliked by some people for doing right and saying what's right. It shouldn't cause no fear and consternation in you. That's why he raised Jeremiah up. 
He said, you could be as a brazen wall to these people. In other words, you could be that holy roly stick in the mud to them. Uh, that's always harping on what's right, on the things of God. It's always that person in the family that's like that. And he said, that's why he says the members of your own household will be your enemies. Because they don't want you to tell them what's right. They don't want you to stand for God. They just want all of us to die and go to hell together and saying we fought a good fight. No, that ain't the thing. You say that at your films and you say that. Did you actually fight a good fight? Or did you live the way you wanted to live and drug everybody down along with you? He says, They shall be as nothing and they shall strive with thee. They shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and they shall not find them. Even them that contend with thee, they that war against thee, they shall always argue. And then I tell people, I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to contend with that. Because, yeah, God might have made me the way he made me, and you have to stand up for that. Don't make no excuses. Now, if you go walk in that boat, and now listen to what he tells his people here. He says, Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small and make them. In other words, you're not just speaking to the mountain. You're threshing the mountain. You're tearing a piece of it off here and a piece of it off there. By your words. That's the rod that you use. That's the sword. You tell him what's right and you stand up behind it. He said, now if you don't do that, Jeremiah, I'm going to confound you and I'm going to dismay you. Yeah. I'm going to make you messed up. If you're that fearful, you can't tell people what's on your mind. Now, Romans it says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are whom you yield yourselves to obey, whether unto sin, unto death, unto uh, obedience, unto righteousness. So as you get weaker, as you're not being able to boldly proclaim these things, that's because you're scared of what your brothers and sisters are going to say. That's what you're scared because your parents are going to say this or say that. Because your children are going to think this or that. Other people are going to think that. Or don't care what they think about you. What does God think about you? What God had told you to say. Maybe you have to get your big brother or big sister in line. Maybe you have to tell your parents where to get on and off at. It's a respectful way to do that. You can do that with honor. That's why I say you have to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, you remember I told you I gave that scriptures to you, that article about the hostility of modern-day Christians. See, because there's a way to be God-led by the Spirit of God. You remember, I think it was, it was one of the kings, Jehoshaphat, I think it was, that deposed the queen mother that he took her down and took her out of office yes. because mama was wrong. If it's mama or daddy that's wrong, wrong is wrong. We need to stop following these generational curses, he says, because your fathers before you were hard-headed and stiff-necked. Somebody got to right the ship. The ship has to be righted some way. Just because they're your parents, that don't make them right. Just because they're your children, that don't make them right. You understand what I'm saying? The word of God is what's right. And God's going to give you to tell you what to say. And when you're wrong, you're wrong. And when it starts lining up, they will be thankful to you. 
they will come back and be thankful to you because you wasn't such a jelly, spineless wimp than to let them walk in wrongness. See, because they'll try to bluff you out of there. It's a lot of people. They don't know what the world going on in their life, but they're going to try to bluff you out of there like they know. And they're just as ignorant as you will go down with generational, generational curses. He says, fear thee not. He says... Preaching with much contention, Paul was in the book of 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter of Thessalonians, the second verse. That's when he was in Thessalonica. Now these was churches. And people act like, all oh, the this and that. No, no. That's where some of the fiercest fights are in the church. Because it's always somebody coming in the church thinking they know it all. It's always somebody that does know it all in the church, and you're not listening to it. So that's a 50-50 chance. Are you being led by the Spirit of God? See, because either you're right or you're wrong. So that's why I say this is a very chancy thing. You have to walk, and you have to be able to humble yourself and know when you're wrong, because you might not know when you're wrong, and somebody puts something on you, and you die wrong. You can die being wrong now. Listen at Paul, he says, he says this about the Thessalonians. He says, you know yourselves, no, dear brothers, how worthwhile that visit was in Thessalonica. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet God gave us the courage to boldly repeat the same message to you. Even though we were surrounded by enemies, so you can see that we were not preaching with any false motives or evil purposes in mind, we were perfectly straightforward and sincere with you. Yes. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for messengers, and he said, Jeremiah, that's what I created you for. I formed you in the womb that you be strong and that you be bold and you go out and tell my word. See, because fear keeps you in bondage. That which you worship, those graven images and idols that you worship, that's what bring you into bondage. Whether it be your spouse, whether it be your parents, your children, things of the world, that which you serve and worship are the bonds that tie you. And there's liberty in Christ Jesus. You shouldn't be in bondage to nobody else but Christ Jesus. We his bond servant. We yield ourselves unto him. Whatever you worship or make an idol of usually becomes your master. There's an addiction that forms. You know, a lot of people think, well, I, I want something to drink. You know what? Most of the time, drink becomes their master. They quit, can't quit drinking. They have to have a drink. Drink gets to where they have to wake up in the morning drink. They're addicted to it. There's a song that, I don't know who used to sing this song. There was a song, uh, this guy sung, Addicted to Love. You can get addicted to love. You can love too much. You can love the wrong ones. You can love something more than you love God. And that's that woman, that man, that child, whatever it is you love more than God, that, that addiction forms and that becomes your idol. That's your God You before God. Addiction. You can get addicted to food. Like I say, you can be addicted to television, to that computer, to anything. But anything that you worship that goes before God, that's more time and more effort is spent in, that's your master. 
You yield yourselves as servants unto that. You yielded yourself. God didn't bring you or put you there. You place yourself there. He breaks the bondage of those things. That's what happens. You yielded yourself. We have to pull down the altars of Baal in our lives. When Gideon was there, Gideon's father was a Baal worshiper. And God talked to Gideon. He said, Thou man of, of Baalor. And Gideon said, Who me? But God sent Gideon through a series of chores of jobs to do. And one of them was pulling down his father's altars. You remember that in the book of Judges when they woke up and Gideon had pulled down his father's altars. You know, my father had some bad habits and everything. You have to throw out all of these crystal balls and all of these idols and all of these tarot cards and witchcraft. And that's what Paul did in the book of Ephesus. These people were idolaters. They worshiped the great goddess Diana. And when you start talking about that which people go before, when you talk about the beloved football teams and the beloved sports figures and the movie stars and things people follow, they're after you now because these are the things of the world. These are the things that they look for. These are the things that they get their pleasure, their entertainment from. But Gideon's father, when they said, we must deal with Gideon, he's pulled down Baal's altar. And Gideon's father said, well, that's good. He says, if Baal can't protect his own altars, let Baal deal with it. Are you tired of dealing with other people's problems? Let them deal with their own problem. If he's a God, let him protect his own. That's why I, I, you, we don't, you don't have to defend God. God can defend himself. You understand what I'm saying? If you're a child of God, you obey God. You walk in God's way. God could deal with those things. That's why I've been telling you about the powerfulness, the awesomeness of God. Those people that's speaking against God, you don't have to fight. I, I see them fighting at the abortion clinics and these different places. You willing to kill somebody else over abortion, somebody else being birthed? Well, you're a murderer yourself. Some problems God fights now. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And so, if Baal couldn't defend his own altars, you got a problem. God can defend his word. Now, if you go against the word of God, Paul, it says Paul didn't hesitate to preach the word of God. Well, if you didn't told your parents, if you didn't told your brothers and sisters, or you didn't told the church, or whoever it is, if you didn't told them the word of God, all you can do is warn them. It says, Ezekiel, I made you a watchman after you warned somebody. I didn't told you, now you didn't receive warning. You can't cram it down their throat. Either they accept it or they reject it. Either they know or don't know. And it's a lot of people say, well, I know some and you know some and all this we all know can teach one another. No, we can't either. Don't come to me with that line of reasoning. But you better know what you're saying. You actually not just believe that, you should know that. See, that's why he says, we know that we are the children of God. The apostles didn't back up off of what they were preaching or teaching. Jesus didn't back up or recant what he was preaching or teaching. He actually believed that. And that's what's wrong with this nation. We too hypocritical. We don't believe what we say. We didn't heard this on television or heard somebody else say, do you actually know this? Do you know God to be a good God? Do you know God? See, if you walk with God, you know God. Can't nobody tell you by God. You know God. 
You know what God can do. You know what God will do because you're a child of God. You know your Father loves you. So don't you try to demean God in my face or my way. So Gideon pulled down those altars. Those enemies of your own household will come against you. I told you that. Jesus told you your enemies could be those of your own household. They always, you know, familiarity breeds content, contempt. You know that? Somebody know you, they will go against you worse than people that they don't know. Because they think they can get off with that. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time saying, What do you see? And he said, I see a boiling pot. He says, tilting away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north the evil which the prophets foretold of, of the national sin of the people, of the sin that the people were deriding. He says, this sin will reveal itself and spill out into all the people of the land. That's what it is now. It's all throughout. It's permeated. I used the word permeated last week. Sin has permeated the nation. But just like sin permeates the nation, the Spirit of God permeates your body. And if you would eat live the word of God meditate on it day and night if you pray the word study the word to show yourself workmen that need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth then if you be a doer of the word it's going to permeate you that's what's going to strengthen you he says I'll strengthen you there's nothing more stronger than residing in the word of God and the word of God abiding in you there's nothing more powerful than that the, the renewing and the transforming of your mind. He says, For behold, I will call all of the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord, and they will come, and each one will set up his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against all its surrounding walls and against all of the cities of Judah. In other words, this is a judicial act where that you will have this city. And, you know, Jesus' parents and his brothers and sisters came and sat and they called they had said the boy was cracking up that he going crazy come get your son and he, they said your father your mother and your brother's outside he said who's my mother and my father and my brother and sister but those that do the will of my father yes. Yes. you see those are the ones when your people are in those little huddles talking about you Every knock is a boost. Blessed are you when you persecuted me and see all manner of evil against you. Blessed are you. That's good. Let them keep talking. He says, but I'll bring them the knot. I'll bring them the knot. You, you'll be a fine threshing instrument. You keep hitting and you keep hammering at them. Chipping away. They will come to nothing and you will stand. He says, you will increase in the Lord. He says... I will speak my judgments against them for all of the wickedness of those who abandoned or rejected me and, and offered sacrifice or burnt incense to other gods and worshiped the idolatrous works of their own hand. But you, Jeremiah, gird up your loins. Get up. Tell them all which I command you. Do not be destroyed and break down at the sight of their hostile face. They're going to sit there all mad and all puffed up like they'll be a balloon or puffer fish or something. Let them get mad. Let them look like they're mad and upset. Let them go their way. But Jeremiah, don't you get confused. Don't you be dismayed, he says. Uh, I will bewilder you before them and allow you to be overcome. If you give in, now I'm going to let them run over you. What do you want? You don't want to be ran over, do you? 
So it's their problem, not your problem. Don't let other people turn their problems into your problem. You know, it's people with so many problems and, and trying to invite you to their pity party and think, no, no, don't come giving me that. I don't want it. That's contagious. He says, now behold, I made you today like a fortified city and like an iron pillar, like bronze walls against the land, against the successive leaders and against the priests and against the people of the land, giving you divine strength, which no hostile power can overcome. If God be for you, who can be against you? 10,000 will fall at your right hand. So let them talk. Let them say what they want to say. You know your God, and you know what God told you to do and what to say. You walk therein. He says, fear not. Fear not. I'll be with you now. Fear not. They will fight against you, but they will not prevail over you. For I am with you to protect you and deliver you. That's the same way Paul was. He says, Paul, I got many of people in this city. But if they see you running scared, others will run scared or whatever. Now, it might not be but a few that you win. And Paul, you remember I told you in that book of the ninth chapter, it was only 12 people that followed him out there from the school of Tyrannius. But he separated them from that crowd because these will listen, but the others will contaminate these few. See, you want to be consecrated under God. It only takes a few. That's why I say with two or three gathered together in my name, I'll be the God in the midst of it. And that consecration is where strength lies. That's where our strength comes when we consecrate it unto God. Anyone reading the Bible should realize that God's every instructions is designed to promote spiritual growth. It's designed to promote spiritual growth. Look at Malachi, the last book of the of the Old Testament. The last book of the Old Testament. He said he could be like a refiner's fire. You ever seen a refiner's fire, what the refiner's fire does? He says, For hope, behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And that's like that boiling pot. This thing should be cooking. Don't be scared when that thing get to cooking and everything get to, when chaos come about. And they say, Behold, I'm going to strengthen you. Like, like it's perilous times in those days. Now we fit to say, see what, who's made or what. We fit to see what's what. Let that fire go to cook you. You're running around here trying to be a peacemaker and solve this. What you're doing, you're compromising and tolerating. And what happens is the peacemaker get ran over. But if, if your ways please the Lord, he'll even make your enemies be at peace with you. He says, for behold, the days come and all the proud and all they that do wickedly shall be as stubble. And that day shall come and shall burn them up, saith the Lord, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. You're going to lay the axe to the root of the tree. Anything that's running around here complaining just to be complaining, whining and crying and, and coming up against you and doing the wrong thing, God's going to chew it out at the root. You won't have to keep worried about that. You know, you get tired of worrying and fussing and fusing around. I'm trying to progress. I'm trying to grow in the Lord. And here you is trying to entertain yourself at my behalf. Don't you get tired of toting short ends sometimes? You want to live in God's blessing. You want to walk in that prosperity. Well, stop playing with these same old things. Let God cut it off. You move further up the tree. He's going to prune off everything that's not right. 
He says, but unto you that fear my name. What? He says, but to you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And he shall go forth and grow up as calves out of the stall. You know, like a calf bucking out of the stall. You're just born. You got your legs and spring up under you or whatever. You know, I don't have that spring in my leg no more or whatever. My old legs are kind of infested up, you know, kind of stiffened or whatever. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. So let God refine and let let this fight break out. Let God break the fight up. Don't be scared for the fight to start. Let's get the fight going. We don't we ain't gonna stop it. Let's this thing go to cooking. Let the pot go to cooking. Amen. We don't need to keep the pot from boiling. Let the pot go on boil. He says if the fire is already kindled, let it be. Let it be. He says that stagnation. A backsliding, you know, a lot of people go backwards. And the book of Peter talks about that. Second Peter says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world by personal knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangling them and are overcome, that last condition is worse than the first one. It's like the dog, uh, it, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned back from the holy commandment from the truth. So if God had brought you out and set your feet up on solid ground, why should you listen at somebody with some bleeding heart stir? You know, some physical stir? You know, weekend people that you knew right and I know right and this and that, that. Don't come to me with that line. What does the word say? What had God said? Show me where you're going to church at and following the true and living God and maybe we can talk there. Maybe we can talk. But if you just out here dealing off your own strength and what comes to mind and something mama or grandma or grandpa or somebody said years ago in this way that was living in darkness and they passed this down from generation to generation and neither one of y'all had anything, you got a problem now. God says, I want you to live off the fat of the land. I want to increase. I want you to prosper and to be in health. That's why the doctor said the other day, he was telling me, he said, well, look, it's something. We might not can reverse the growth, but we can promote it. You know, African-Americans, we need not have to deal with blood pressure. We need not have to deal with some of these other things. It's your diet. It's what you're eating. But then you want to go talk about God when God in the Old Testament, he said, look, I got to control your diet. He said, these are the foods you shall eat and these are the foods you shall not eat. He says, now, if you listen at me, he said, did your feet swell? He says, did you have any other problems? He said, even your clothes didn't wax old. That's a God. That's I said the awesomeness of the God we serve. He says, "If I be for you, who can be against you?" God kept him in the wilderness. He provided manna. He provided what everything that they needed. But the world, you get tangled up in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Now you're in a contentious world where you living 
backstabbing one another. You get with this one, you say this. You, they call it used to call it mealy mouth. You ever heard mealy mouth people? When you're with him, you're saying this and that. that. When you're with them, you're saying this. You from everywhere saying something about somebody. Make it you, you can't stand on anything. That's a terrible. That's a horrible way. That's why we have so many fears of the things that's coming up on us in this world. The entrapment that we may have in this world. Hopefully this touches on some of the things that you were worried about Wednesday night that you didn't hear. You know, I ask people, I say, if you pray in the God, he's going to make me say things that I don't know that I'm saying that may help you. You see, that's the way God works. That's why he says that we should come together as a people, but he'll vomit us out of his mouth if we're lukewarm, if we're double-minded. If we're not steadfast and immovable in the faith, how often does God say something to the effect that those who do not grow produce fruit will be pruned and they will still not produce? They will be cut off. Because why? He says, you remember the tree that he cursed that it brought no forth, no fruit? So God wants us to be fruitful. He says, but every tree that my heavenly father had within the churches there are those that had ciphered in there just to see what's going on just to create confusion you remember I told you that chapter Demetrius the coppersmith he was about money he said now you know if this happens we're not going to get the money You know, and that's what the God of this world a lot of people love to focus up on that money you know, Diana is the goddess of, of, of the silversmiths and our trade and our money comes. That Well, what happens if you didn't have any money? See, Paul says, I've learned to be content with such that I have. Without money, he's happy. And without, with money, he's happy. You know, if you broke most of the time, you might try to learn to be happy without money. Or you would be in a mighty sad state of affairs. <laughs> See, those things shouldn't be dependent upon your happiness. See, God says he has given you a joy and a peace that the world can't give or take away from you. So, so God is in the midst of providing for you and moving away. I was telling my wife today about how many people were still working at the old job I was at, but they're no longer here. But when I lost the job, I was thinking, man, I... Wish I was there with him or whatever. They working, he getting a truck, or he did this, or he doing that. But they're not here anymore. But I'm still here. Thank God. But you know, a lot of those that were saying things about me on my job, behind my back, that didn't know I knew they were saying things, but I didn't raise a ruckus or say anything about. God dealt with them. Do you know people that can throw out things before you or whatever, but they're not here anymore? He said, you shall consider them. You shall consider them, but it won't be no more. But the person that always was arguing or causing problems for you or whatever, sometimes God give you rest from that. God give you rest. He removes those things. So that, that's what we're looking at. See, I don't know what kind of world you look at, but I look into, I'm looking toward a good God, and I pray toward a good God that's working in my behalf. That's working in my behalf. So he says, God creates and produces 
the same for what he wants for his children. He wants you to prosper and to be in health. That's why he tells you the way of life that we should live and have biblical wisdom. That's why he says overcoming the world. He wants us to be overcome and to have Christian liberty. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ and it is born spiritually, in other words, that's renewing and transforming his mind, and everyone who loves the Father and loves the children born of him. In other words, you truly love one another, that you're truly praying for one another, and that you're actually living this. His word is a factual word. In other words, these are just not speeches or platitudes. This is an actual living word that's strengthening you. Is that what brought you out here today? Is that what caused you to roll your chair across the roots of those chairs and everything when they had you blocked and you could have turned around and said, I just can't get by with my chair? Is that what causes you to wake up this morning and be ready an hour before time? Is those the things that you're looking for, like the woman that reached out and touched him, if I can just reach out and touch him? If I can just hear his word, if I can just do good, and it calls for buffering and overcoming self. If while y'all talking about this person, if I could add a good thing for it, you know, and that's what I like to do. I like to speak good of those that you're tearing down, that you're speaking against. I like to get down and speak something good for them. I like to do something good for someone. He says, I'll make you like a fit city. That you standing, and that's what Jesus did. He stood in the breach. He stood in the gap for others. And he helped others to be lifted up. And, and are we help, helping to lift others up? Well, you can walk without fear then. You don't have to somebody coming back and trapping you in something you said because you say what you're supposed to say and you speak those things which become sound doctrine and you well grounded that you're just not vaguely saying anything or going along with the crowd or with the peers. So he says, fear not, thou worm Jacob, because I'm going to strengthen you. And tell me this, as children of God, does every time that comes into your mind, does that strengthen you knowing that you're a child of God, knowing that you're doing good, knowing that God could give you more enable you to stand up to others? That you able to stand up for that weak person? That you can stand in the breach for the homosexuals? Can you can stand in the breach for the abortionists? Can you stand in the breach for those of, of the society that are wine-bibbers, those that are destroyed? Now, not saying that you are a sinner because that's what happened to Jesus. He ate and he was with sinners. But the reason he was with them is that they allowed him the opportunity to tell them the good news that God had provided a way to reconcile them back in him. Though I'm a worm, I was once like you were. I was once in the same condition you were. And I'm of your brethren. And that's when, he, you remember I tell you the scripture says, when you are strengthened, Satan had tried to sift you as wheat. Well, when you are strengthened, you go back and strengthen your brothers. Do you go back and tell your brothers and sisters 
Do you go back and tell your relatives trying to get them to know the God that you know? And see, they're not going to want to tell you that. They're not going to want you to tell you. And people are not going to want you to tell them these things. And they're going to try to back you out. They're going to say, fear not. You must tell them, Paul. Don't be dismayed. You be strong. And you live that life. Now, you can't live a hypocritical life. You can't live one, one way with one and another, whatever. All of them has to know that just like they knew about Daniel, if we have to get to Daniel, it's going to be through his God. We will have to try to block his prayers. We're going to have to block his God or whatever. See, because what's going to happen as they work wickedly against you, as they work these devices against you, as they speak against you, what does that do? That binds them. Because you're praying and trying to help them, and they're trying to throw you in a cross, God sees that. It worketh to your betterment. That's why he says, blessed are you. See, so you shouldn't be fearful of people. Don't go around scared of people. Don't go around fearful of what's going to happen in the world and fearful of all these things. All these things must come to pass. You looking for a chance to show yourself strong in the Lord. See, because with boldness, they spoke by their God. And they defended what they believed in. But if you got to take a few minutes to think about what you believe in and think, will God do this? Something's wrong with the God you serve. What did the Hebrew boy say? Now, we don't have to be careful in how to answer you in this, King. We won't bow and we won't bend. See, they, they, they wasn't careful because the God they served was able to deliver them. No height, no depth. Nothing could separate you from the love of God. So anxiety, stress, the gray hair that we have should be from age and not from worry, not from dismay. He's going to handle these things. But don't look for how you're going to do this and how you're going to pay for this and all these things. See that you be not troubled. Fear thee not. I'm with you. Remember that if he's with you, why are you afraid? Heavenly Father, as we come before